Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Shore Thoughts. I'm Pastor Joe of Sea Life Ministries, and today we're going to be taking a look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 24, in a message titled, Understanding the Cross. So, let's grab our Bibles and head over to Matthew, chapter 16. And starting in verse 13, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades and shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, let me try that again. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Our text reveals that the disciples' recognition of Jesus as the Messiah marked a new departure in Jesus' teaching. After the disciples realized that Jesus was the Messiah, they needed to know what his true mission was. They needed to understand the cross. They had to put away their dreams of a Messiah who would come for Israel along to overthrow its enemies. It was necessary for the disciples to see Jesus as the sin-bearer for all humankind and to know that he was the Messiah who would become the Savior of all humankind by the way of the cross. Did his own nation understand the cross? No, they rebelled against the idea of a Messiah on a cross. <clears throat> Did his disciples understand the cross? No. Peter's reaction to Jesus' announcement of his coming rejection and death, which was in verse 22, plainly shows this delusion. Those influenced by Greek philosophers were sure that people belittled God by saying that he could be affected by human actions or pain. Do we understand the cross? Now, our understanding falls far short, but we can understand four things. We can understand Jesus' acceptance of the cross. We cannot pinpoint the time when Jesus first knew that following the Father's will would take him to the cross, but surely he knew at the time of his baptism. Just as baptism pictures a death, burial, and resurrection in our own spiritual experience, 
So Jesus' baptism prefigured the cardinal events in his own redemptive ministry, his death, burial, and resurrection. Certainly Jesus knew God's plan for a cross when he fought that great battle with Satan in the wilderness. The devil was willing for him to be a Messiah, but not God's Messiah following God's plan. At the time of his titanic struggle, Jesus had already accepted the cross as God's way. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he knew of the cross and had accepted it. Challenged to show a new sign when he first cleansed the temple, he replied, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And you can read about that in the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verse 19. John was careful to tell us, but he spake in the temple of the temple of his body. In Gethsemane, when Peter tried to defend his master with a sword, Jesus asked, The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? And that's in John 18.11. Here was both the motive and the motto for his entire life. The cross was his choice. The Son of Man must suffer, and that's in Mark 8.31, and must came from God. And I'd also like to throw something in there I just thought of. Jesus could have known about this when he was born or at 12 years of age when he was in the temple and Mary and Joseph came looking for him and he said, you know, did you not know I have to be about my father's business? So just wanted to throw that in. And number two, we can understand history's vindication of the cross. The cross is not simply an event of 2,000 years ago. It was a spirit, it's a spiritual fact now. We are involved with Jesus' choice on the cross as God's way to redeem humankind has been vindicated by human experience throughout the centuries. As the mythical mountain of lodestone was supposed to have magnetic properties so powerful that objects that came near were drawn irresistibly to it, so Christ, by his cross, exerted a magnetic influence on all succeeding generations. He predicted this effect, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. That's in John chapter 12, verse 32. It is possible to treat Calvary as just another grim episode in history. No other death has so affected us. There was there was and is a cosmic aspect to Calvary. The cross reveals our sin. It reveals the tendencies, the deep-seated conditions within us that cause spiritual death. It makes the Christian gospel intelligible. A, a radical rebellion settled deeply in human nature called for the most dramatic action on God's part to meet and overcome it. And not only does the cross reveal our sin, but it also reveals God's love. At the cross, God meets us in love. Jesus said in the words of God that God is love, but it was on the cross that these words took fire and burned. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And of course, that is in John 3.16. Every generation finds the cross to be its accuser, and its mean of salvation. We can understand God's victory through the cross. In earthly terms, the cross is not a sign of God's majesty and power, 
but an unforgettable reminder of its lengths to which he will go to bring people to him. To God be the glory and victory through the cross. As great and powerful as symbols can be, the cross is more than a symbol. It was an action. Jesus did something that he alone could do. What did he achieve? He bore the shame of our sins, rebellion, and failure. In the cross, he made available forgiveness, redemption, and release. What he did in that intimate identification with humanity in its sin and sorrow, he still does. For this reason, we have hope, confidence, and assurance. This divine Christ takes away the sin of the world by his union with every sinner who, by faith, will receive him. Humankind is not deserted. God still ministers to our need. The cross is a victorious, eternal fact. And then lastly, we can understand our salvation by the cross. Through the cross, God has given us his earnest concern to save us from sin and death. This is not just one philosophy of life among many others. This is the gospel, the good news. Although the cross always reminds us of, uh, reminds us of Jesus' death, the philosophy of the cross is a philosophy of life. The cross is life through death. It is finding a new way of life in rejecting the way of self-trust, self-love, and self-assertion. Our salvation, our peace, our fulfillment of God's purpose for us begins with our acceptance of Him who died for us. Salvation is of God alone. As Paul put it, all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself by Christ Jesus. And you can read about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. Salvation is not anything we can do. It is what God has done for us through the cross. God will give this gift of salvation to anyone who believes, to anyone who puts trust in the crucified Christ. Now, as we come together today, we remember Jesus' cross, but we do more than remember. The cross is the most relevant, most contemporary thing in life. All people must come to terms with that cross that stands to accuse them, to welcome their return to God. And have you come to terms with the cross, or will you do it today? The Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 21, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And my last verse would be Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not a might or if you've done enough good or God's in a good mood or what have you, you will be saved. No, if you believe, if you receive and believe, you are saved. So that concludes another edition of Shore Thoughts. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, God bless you and have a great day.